what they say can be done. We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound just like no bandit run. Keep your foot hard on the pedal. Some tell my mind them breaks. Let it all hang out cause we got to run to me. Welcome to Highway Freaks. I'm Bright Guy, your host. Standing by, my brother from another man, it's J-Man the Snarl. And we have Winged Will standing by as well. Tonight we have a special Women in Truckers podcast. Tonight we have Ramblin' Rose from Billings, Montana. Sherry from Saskatchewan and Canadian Lady Trucker Janet from Calgary. So guys, it's been one hell of a week. Uh, Weather-related, news-related, who do we ask first? Let's go with J-Man the Snarl. How was your week there, buddy? My week was good, actually. Um, I discovered this thing on my dash. The button you push and it unlocks your fifth wheel. Mine worked perfect. Where are you sitting tonight? Uh, right now, I am 40 miles north of uh, Williams. Nice. How's the weather? Ah, uh, 22 degrees, sunny, nice. Oh, there you go. How's the weather in Texas, huh? How's Texas? Yeah, yeah, we had an ice storm uh, in Dallas. I was hoping to be in shorts, and that was definitely not the contrary last night. Decided to walk Bandit on, oh, just pure ice. It was no fun, very scary. But he started to get the, the message after uh, he realized he couldn't walk either. It was like, holy jeez, Dad, i got to slow down. But he finagled about three wieners out of the, uh, you know, the, the local pilot there. So... He, he's really good at that. He's really good at that. He just looks at them with his, his cute face and looks like, oh, can I get some wieners? And they just fall for it every time. So he's become a real expert at it as well. Ryan, but, uh, yes? Where's your sense of adventure? You're a Canadian driver. You should be wearing shorts in minus one, minus two, minus five. <laughs> no, 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 no. I saw that, too, actually. I saw some of the, you know, the uh, indigenous people and the, and the African-American people, they were wearing shorts. I thought that was insanely crazy. <laughs> Absolutely, Janet. Um, so, Sherry, how was your week? You're uh, part of uh, half of an owner-operator team, Saskatchewan, and um, you guys uh, definitely all but. Oh, this week's been pretty quiet. We got home Monday. We were actually going to take the entire week off until next Monday, and now we're going back to work tomorrow. So it's... Great. Where are you off to? Mississippi. Mississippi. There, that's yep. nice. Isn't that rainy this time of the year? Actually, they're getting some of the same crap weather you're getting. Yeah, Mother Nature is a true bitch this year. Like, she really is. Um, she's yeah, not being nice. She's not nope. being nice. Nope, nope, nope. So, I think it's La Nina year. I don't think it's El Nino. I think it's that La Nina year. So, uh, I just found out that next year is going to be El Nino and it's going to be much better. So I was really happy to hear that. And you have a groundhog in your area that saw his shadow or didn't see his shadow? I don't think we have one in this area. I know it sounds like everybody else has seen their shadows, though. Um, well, actually, Balzac Billy and Wyerton Willie have predicted a short winter in Canada. So I'm really happy about that. And Oxitani Phil in Pennsylvania well, he pissed off a lot of people. <laughs> eight, eight, eight weeks of winter or something like that. How about you, Rose? Is there a groundhog or uh, what, would you, what, do you, what do they call them in the States? They're not groundhogs. They're called, uh, oh, what is that? What do you call the groundhog in the States, guys? 
In the United States, they're groundhogs. Yeah. Okay, you go by groundhog as well, Rose? Mm-hmm. Is there, is there yeah, actually, a been groundhog in Philly? Not today, but uh, not that I know of. Oh, so you don't have Billings, Billy, or something like that? No, no. We have a two-headed oh. cow, but no groundhog. <laughs> oh, right, right. So, how was your week? It's been a, it's been a pretty busy, productive week. It really has. I'm, uh, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, loading up for the future and leaving, leaving behind what I don't need. <laughs> You're the stick the dishes guy, aren't you? Um, I'm a lot of things right now. Okay. I, All right. Yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of <laughs> taken it upon my, I took it upon myself to uh, do a bunch of uh, different things and uh, learn a bunch of different things as well. So yeah, it's um, definitely going really good right now. Okay. And Janet, how was your week? I know you're still at the uh, old employer that I used to be at. I won't mention the name. Um, they got you doing everything. Um, I have been demoted to security. Wow. Nighttime security, yeah. You're sitting in the truck now. Uh, for a couple hours, and then I become a supervisor. You working your way up? Yeah, no, working my way down. <laughs> Okay, so uh, as far as my week went, I got caught in the ice storm. Prior to that, I got caught on I-80, that dreaded, horrible I-80. Shut me down for two days there because of a 44-car pileup. Pretty amazing, only one person died. Uh, So that was really, oh, just another one of Brian's uh, uh, ungodly things that has happened to him in the last month. Uh, I I just got to get rid of this black cloud. but I want to talk about some news items. Calgary has declared war on goldfish, guys. I don't know if you knew that or not. But apparently uh, what's happening is people are flushing goldfish down the toilet alive, and then they end up in the Bow River, and then they wreak havoc on the ecosystem, and apparently very destructive. I didn't even know goldfish were that destructive, but they lay eggs in the hundreds of thousands. And what happens, of course, is... They multiply, and then they play havoc with the ecosystem. And so what they're trying to do is they're going to drain a couple ponds, and they're going to kill them by basically draining them where the fact is the goldfish cannot bury themselves into the silt because apparently that's what they do in the winter. So that's the latest news item. Uh, Any news items in Calgary for you, Will? Uh, Calgary, not so much. But uh, the surrounding area, yeah, there was a... Um, there was a child pornography ring oh, that was uh, busted in Nairdry. Uh that included multiple people. But of course, you know, because of uh, FOIA, Freedom of Information and Privacy Act, the names won't be released to quote unquote protect the victim. Um, but yeah, it uh, it, it, it just kind of puts a damper on Canada. That it does. That it does. So, hey, news in Billings, Montana, there, Rose. Well, the biggest news right now is that we had the Chinese spy balloon over Billings for two days. We just found out. I knew there was no air traffic in Billings. They had a thing in the paper, and it's like, that's really odd. But with all the weird, you know, uh, what's his name, Buttigieg, with all the weird things that he's got going on with the Department of Transportation, it was like, well, that kind of stuff happens. And then we find out the reason there was no air travel was because we had this Chinese spy balloon over us for two days because they said Montana were like, oh, really, you know? And then they said Billings like, holy, wow. And anyway, it came through Russia, came across Alaska, went across Canada, down into Montana, 
Now it says it's moved on. We think it's over North Dakota somewhere. So. Let me guess, Rose. It says made in China on the side of the balloon. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I, I no, it wasn't you. made. It wasn't made in China, man. It wouldn't have made it that far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I, I just can't get away from that stuff anymore. I just, you know, I was looking at some great track camps for my wife today in the truck stop, and I thought, oh, this is great. Canyon Creek, great name. Made in China. Like, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, as far as I'm concerned, most of the stuff in China is crap, and I'll say it once and I'll say it again. We don't need China. So, simple. Sherry, you got any news coming out from Saskatchewan? Not that I'm really aware of. Other than it's cold here and blowing and snowing, I'm, I'm never home long enough to really know what's going on. That's true. That's true. So, so in fact, we're going to ask you, Sherry, we'll put you on the spot. Um, you have a great story because you didn't kind of come from the world of truck driving. You kind of fell into it. you want to tell our freaks out there how this came about? I didn't really come from the world of truck driving, no. My dad was a truck driver, though. I came from a family of truck drivers. But I was working out for a company out in the Lloydminster area uh, in the oil field. I worked in the office. I was a site administrator. And I did that for about six and a half years. But my fiancé is a truck driver, and he's been driving for, well, this year will be 29 years. And after schedules not matching up and stuff, and then the oil crisis crashed there a few years back, he decided me getting my license would be a good thing. So I went and took a week of school and passed and got my license, and we've been driving together ever since. However, you don't drive an automatic, do you? No, we, we don't even drive a newer truck. We had a 2011 Jeep when I first started, and it had the 18th Jeep of the Cummins, and we sold it a year ago and bought a 2003 Freightliner Coronado with the 14-liter Detroit and an 18-speed standard. And how's that working out for you? Actually, she is awesome. She just keeps going and going. She's kind of like the Energizer Bunny. She's we're really lucky because she's pre-emission, so we don't have to deal with any of that death or anything. And, yeah, she just, nothing seems to slow her down a whole lot. And you guys haul with two pit bulls as well, Titan and Bella. Love Bella. Such a sweetie. Titan's pretty cool, too, but Bella just kind of has my heart. Yes, they do. They are always with us. They are eight and nine years old, and they go everywhere with us. Yeah, they sure do. So... We have, we have met up numerous times in different places on the road. And uh, now that I'm with a different company, we, we thought we'd meet up more often, but I, we haven't for quite some time. But we will. Well, we, we will. Yeah, we both kind of, you changed companies and we changed companies right around the same time. And it's, we end up in some, we seem to go to areas you don't. <laughs> I guess, okay. you know, we do deck work and you do research, so. Right. Right. Yeah, you do flatbed hauling now. So do you do a lot of tarping? We do some tarping. We haven't in January. We actually took the tarps off, but this next load we're heading out, we're tarping again. Just the requirements of that load. And, you know, you got to go and do what pays. So we actually get paid a little differently than you and Jay do. You guys, your company pays by the mile. Our company pays by percentage. So when they offer a decent paying load, you can't, it's, you can't say no. It's too much to turn down. And you're, you're the one that kind of works the numbers when it comes to that, aren't you? 
Not really. He figures out whether it's what pays what it pays per mile and whether it's worth taking. I just keep track of what we what our revenue is over the month and where we're at and what how much more we need to do before we can go home again. But that's a lot of work when it comes to, you know, finding the different fuel stops, isn't it? It is. Our particular company actually sends out a fuel list twice a month or twice a month, sorry, twice a week. And we go through and figure out where we're going and what each, whether it's Flying J or Love or whatever, and what our fuel rate is at each one of those places. And it's amazing because for us, it can be as much as 10 cents per gallon difference by going an extra hour down the road. So you really, really kind of got to watch where you fuel. You really, you especially in this day and age, because it can make or break your month, right? Oh, it can. Like we, I just added up our fuel for January, and our fuel bill is over thirteen and a half thousand dollars. Ouch! Ouch! And that's so. That's why we pay. We pay for our fuel when the month is over and everything is set and done. And you pay all your expenses on your truck as well. Uh, does your company take care of anything on your behalf? They, they don't. Uh, they, they really don't. We own our own trailer. We own our own truck. So all repairs and everything are ours. If we run into problems and it's an expensive part that we can't afford right then, they will pay for the part and then it comes off our next payday and pay at the end of the month. We're also, unlike you guys, we're paid once a month where you guys are paid weekly. So, it, you know, you, you've got to budget a lot better knowing that. Right. I know Canadian lady trucker Janet was a former owner-operator, as as Jay was. So do you guys have any questions for Sherry? No, basically what uh, what Sherry was saying is what I experienced as well as an owner-op. Percentage is what I got paid uh, as long as I was hauling deck. And then when I did haul uh, dry van or reefer, for the most part, it was paid mileage which is one of the reasons I didn't do that very often. We did uh, reefer for actually three different companies, and we actually even did grain for a while, and that was not very pleasant. But um, the, the companies we actually pulled reefer for, we were lucky. They were all percentage also. Yeah. And maybe that's just what he's familiar with, so that's what he hunts for. Yeah, and I prefer as an owner-operator to go percentage personally um, because they, you did make, like, I did make more money as as, a, as an owner-operator on percentage. And I did actually quite a bit of LTL, so it it really added up fast. Yeah, like, we, we're, right now, the company we're with, we're pretty lucky. Like, they're, we've got numerous salespeople, and they hate empty deck space, so LTL does save us quite often. Yeah, it does. I mean, I started with a, a $9,000 load from, and of course, when I'm talking these prices, I'm also talking from 10 and 15 years ago, right? So, you know, a $9,000 load, say, from Shreveport to Calgary, but it's a part load, and by the time I finished doing all the picks, uh, the gross payload on that was over 24000 right? So Yeah, and that's kind of one of the things that's hurt too is rates have dropped so much that it's it's a fight like when you get a decent rate like we did this time we had there was no sound but that's got to yeah. take it yeah Jay you got anything to add to that buddy well well no, see I've, I've been I haven't been an owner operator for 2008 
I'm, I'm so far behind the, behind them first, right? A $5,000 fuel bill was huge for me back then. Um, I, I don't even understand how you guys are even making it. Well, even, even back when I ran, um, my average fuel bill back then was between nine and 11000 a month. I never, ever paid that high, ever. Yeah. Um, but then again, it also depended where you ran to, right? I didn't do a yeah. whole bunch of East Coast and, and stuff like that. I, I, I tried to stay around Texas, uh, you know, Calgary, Texas, go down into yeah. Arizona, that kind of stuff. Uh, you remember, uh, you, you, you would have to remember when everybody was trying to get the Cheyenne to get the 50 cent a gallon fuel. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. They'd be I lined did. up. They'd yeah. be lined up down the interstate trying to get into the truck stop to get fuel because there was no fuel back. Yeah. So, but um, I always did deck. Um, uh, I didn't start running bands and reefers until I became a company guy. Um, but the one thing that annoyed me the most is listening to some of these owner-operators you know, just get me something to get me, just as long as it pays my fuel. That used to piss me off so much because what about everything else? Yeah. Tires, you know, no wear and tear. Oh, I know it is. I know it is. Um, I see these. <laughs> um, I'm sure you and your, your, your hubby have uh, pretty much it broke down to what that truck costs you to have. Like, just to own it. Like, yeah. I'm running it. Just, just to have that damn thing. Okay? Uh-huh. Right. You would be surprised how many owner-operators couldn't tell you. The best they can come up with is, well, my monthly payment's 2500 a month. Yeah. yeah. You know? And that's, and that's <laughs> crazy. Well, I mean, and I, um, you kind of have to break it up into month by month. Yes, but I mean, exactly. You know, you still got to look for making X number of dollars and making sure that you've bought your, your 20% minimum put away for repairs and maintenance. Repairs. You know, I mean, you got to have a pretty good business head to be an owner-op. And the ones that so don't, they don't make it. Well, especially just interject, now. guys. Just yeah. interject, guys. So, Sherry, do you, do you do a lot for that? Is that, do you, like, put away for repairs every day? Is, is that something you do to keep your head above water? Or how, how exactly do you do that? We had before we bought the Peterbilt. <laughs> Unfortunately, she just was not our friend, and she broke us. Um, we've been really lucky. Typically, we're able to do most of the work ourselves, so we don't, you know, repairs are pretty minimal. It's normally just the cost of the parts. Like earlier today, when I when we talked earlier today, we were at the shop working on the truck and trailer then, getting them ready to go tomorrow. So getting money put away is a goal for repairs in the future, but... With all with all the costs we had over the four years we had the Peter built, there's there was just nothing left. Yeah. So for for somebody want, that's thinking of being an owner operator, Sherry, um, what did that Peter built end up killing you for? That Peter built we bought her. She was I think taxed in somewhere around ninety thousand. She was used to the 2011, and within a month and a half of buying her, she cost us twelve thousand dollars for a camshaft that had rusted and then it caused damage. And then a year, year, year and a half later, she cost us $48,000 for an in-frame. And it just was one thing after another like that with her. And that's why yeah. you had to sell. Yeah. How much was a bloody in-frame? 48000 
Oh, the far cry from the 4,800 I paid for the one I had done. Yeah, we oh, actually had to re we ended up refinancing the truck to cover the engine in green. Wow. Yeah. What were you running? So, uh, she was an IFX 15. Oh. Yeah. And she was deleted and all that stuff. And But she just, you know, sometimes you just buy something and it just, I don't think it's ever next to yours. Yeah. Yeah. I had one like that, too. It seemed like every time I turned around, once a month I was in the shop, and it just nickeled and dimed me to death. And even though <clears throat> when I was buying my trucks, they were always used, and the place I bought from, they always had the engines dynoed, and typically I would have, like, a whole new warranty on everything, right? Mm -hmm. But this truck, everything that broke down because it was, just, it was the last year they had the DPF filter and before the death. And it was, I, this thing was a lemon from the get-go. I finally walked in one day to Kenworth and I said, here, you can have your truck back. I'm done. Because I, I, I just couldn't make it. It was in the shop every month and it was always thousands of dollars. Repairs, that, that, you know? was, that was the piece. It was, there was never, yeah. never anything cheap on it. Um, yes. Then we actually looked uh, we were gonna. We were in the process of ordering a brand new Western Star. We went and looked and specced out what we wanted and everything. And the company we were working for at the time, he called. The owner called me, and he's like, "You don't," because he'd already talked to Bubba. And he's like, "You don't want a new truck." He says, "Get an old truck." And it's like, "Okay." So after some talking, when the Pete sold, we didn't have a lot of warning. We we listed it, and uh, we were actually on our way to Florida when we listed it. We came back, we loaded in Fort McMurray, and we were in Calgary loading a second truck on to take to Kansas, and we got a call saying, when can I pick the truck up? I want to buy it. We actually looked online while we were on our way to Kansas and then down to Texas for a reload to get back, and the guy the guy that bought the truck, and it's, it seems like it's a different world out there, even for my boyfriend who's done this, like this, I don't know, I think this is seventh or eighth truck. He said it's, it's a different world even for him. Yep. There was no, I'm, I want to come look at the truck. We had the money in our account before the gentleman even seen the truck in person. Yeah, and, and that's because of the shortage of parts. The new trucks are just breaking down left, right, and center um, with the company I'm with. They've got, they just got rid of the, truck that I originally started with. They just sold that one off. And now they've sold off because they bought in lots of 10 or 9, I guess, because, yeah, 9, because there's one number that they don't use when they, you know, when they set their trucks up for unit numbers. So in, in lots of 9, and the one I was driving was a 2019, and that truck was good. That had almost no issues whatsoever. And then the series after that, because mine was in the 250 series, and the 260s, two, the 260s are now being sold. And those are, I can't remember now if those were 2019s or 2020s, but the 270 series and the 280 series, the 270s were starting to blow rear ends constantly. Like, we still have a bunch that just, we had one group actually in the 280 series. In the nine trucks that they had, seven trucks were in the shop in under 1,000 kilometers, so under 650 miles. They were in the shop for um, 
readjusting the brakes because one, the brakes weren't, weren't adjusted properly. Uh, we had seven that, all, all seven of those ones that were in the shop, they all had issues with either the programming or the wiring or whatever on the rear ends. Now, those rear ends, out of those seven, three of them literally blew apart. The other four, out of, out of the other four that were left, three had constant leaks in the rear end because the casing were warped for that particular model, series, whatever, of truck. And only one out of all of those was fine after the initial go-in, reprogram, and it's good. So, I mean, that doesn't bode well. For the, you know, and then the other one was the 260 series trucks that we had. Um, the, uh, what the heck was it? One of the inlet valves for for the fuel. Oh, the knock sensor. The knock sensor was. Out of those nine trucks, five of them broke down literally with all within about two weeks apart. So over the course of, what, six or eight weeks, we had, you know, all these trucks break down with those parts, and there was no parts to be found. They had made these parts because they had just put these trucks into, you know, they sold them. They were brand new. Yeah. It just seems like the newer ones do not have the durability. Like this RO3, when we bought it, it still had the original seats even from 2003 in it. So just goes to show the quality and yeah. how much varies. Well, the, uh, did, they not, did they not move their factories? Uh, everything's made in Mexico with the new trucks, right? Yep. It's where everything used to be made in the States. And obviously cheaper parts, cheaper labor, cheaper truck, right? Makes sense. So we're going to take a break, but uh, we are going to get back to rambling Rose the way things used to be in trucking. She trucked with her guy, uh, well, how long ago was that now, Rose? I'm going to start it in 84. Okay. All right. Well, we, we will be right back with some speaker commercials. Okay, so we're back, and uh, back in 1984, you were trucking with your guy, Rose, and things were a lot different back then. Um, do you want to tell well, us I was, how... I wasn't trucking with a guy. You weren't? Okay. I, I went right. to truck driving school by myself, All right. and I was truck driving by myself. Well, you can tell the damn story then, all right? There you go. <laughs> I was, I was, I went to truck driving school because I, that song came out, that Alabama, um, you know, the guy lost some snow and, oh, yeah, yeah I lost my back with oh, that yeah. song. Roll on, roll on. Yeah, roll on. Roll on, that was it. Oh, I wore that 45 out. I mean, wore it out. And I was leaving my job. I was, used to be a baker, cake decorator. That was my original job. And I was leaving my job and the semi-truck was pulling out of this dog feed plant that was next to the bakery that I work at, and I followed that truck probably 80 miles until he turned off, and then I figured, well, I better go back to Omaha because I'm going to run out of gas, and um, and then I used to drive over to Des Moines all the time just to see the Minneapolis sign that would go north, and I just loved the highway, just loved it, and so I went to truck driving school in 84, and I was driving by myself, and that, that was back when it was paper logs, pay phones, double clutching. Brand McNally paper maps, you know, there was none of this stuff there is nowadays. We had to have yeah. five full quarters all the time. <laughs> and that was a problem. Phone. 
that TechCom, that pack that we used for logs oh. back then. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. And the, the, the phone card. You know, you, you buy the yes. phone card, and then you call you call your wife and or girlfriend or whatever the case may be, and be like, "Okay, I got this phone card, and uh, it's good for you know forty five minutes. It's twenty dollars." And all of a sudden, they would just come on the line, and they go, "You need to deposit more money. You know, you're out of time." <laughs> go ahead, Rose. Yeah. So I was um, had gone to Wisconsin and gotten a load of cheese or taking a load of cheese to Wisconsin and I had gotten a load of empty pop bottles that's back when glass pop bottles and I used to take those to um, to Denver or something I did a lot of that I used to go in the caves down in Kansas City and get a lot of Safeway ice cream and stuff like that anyway and I was in a truck stop in a Little Rock Arkansas the Union 76 and that's when I met my first husband he was there you know but it was one of those I'm not going to give this guy my phone number kind of thing. Well, a month later, he amazingly tracked me down because there was no computers back then. And um, and he had a CDL. Instead of Ramblin' Rose? Should we be calling you Shawshaw Gabor instead of Ramblin' Rose? Well, actually, my, my, my actual CD handle name back then was Sweet Roll. I'll let you fill in the details. So, because I was a baker and, you know, whatever else you want to Yeah. So anyway, that was my actual CD handle with Sweet Roll back then. And um, so anyway, so then um, he caught up with me, and he had a CDL because he had had another. He used to be a cop out in New Mexico, and he quit doing that, and he was kind of just riding along with this guy, and that's back when CDLs were a lot easier to get than they are nowadays. And so we started driving together then, and then we drove, um, I don't know, less than two years probably together, and... um, then just got off the road, and, you know, had kids and blah, blah, blah. And um, 22 years later, we got a divorce. And then when I met my husband now, Jordan, he had been a truck driver since 1992. And I had long since let my Class A go. But I had a Class B because I used to drive school bus. But um, I didn't really want to get my Class A to drive again. So I just rode along with him for almost two years. Um, more recently, just I think we got off the road in September of 20. So we, we drove for a couple of years and loved it. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it was like, you know, right back at it. I made the coffee, and he called me Rose McNally because I wrote new <laughs> 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 directions and stuff. But it is a different world out there now, you know, with all the, the e-logs, and I let him deal with all that, the e-logs and all that yes. stuff, and, and cell phones, you know. Yes. Uh, you do so much on your phone, and then the GPS, and uh, I mean, there are literally drivers out there that do not own a paper map. Can't believe it, but you know, they just that it's an old school, you know. And so, but I absolutely have diesel in my veins. I love it, and it's the first year and a half we were off the road with Jordan just as recently. It just killed me every time I see a semi go by. I'd be like, "Can I go with you, please?" <laughs> but. I mean, I'm content to be home now, but I love the road. We saw so much and did so much. And it is literally, if you take advantage of it as time goes on, it is literally a paid vacation out there because you can see so much and do so much. And every state we went into, I'd know somebody or I'd know some roadside American attraction or something. He'd be like, oh, boy, because he's kind of like just stay in the truck stop kind of guy. And I'm like, let's drop the trailer and go see this and go do that. And so, so anyway... 
that's um, kind of uh, what kind of attractions did you see? Did you recall some of them? Oh yeah. Well, while while we've been out, actually, we went to Punxsutawney. Virtually one of our last trips was back to Pennsylvania, and we we were about 18 miles in a truck stop, about 18 miles north. And so we drove, we uh, bobtailed down to Punxsutawney, so that was really neat. Of course, it was like in in the march, so none of the big celebration stuff was going on. But um, Folk, Arkansas was always on the top of my bucket list, which is where the Legend of Boggy Creek monster, the Bigfoot kind of monster guy, so we got to stop there. Uh, Merrimack Caves in Missouri. Um, oh, and when we went to California, um, Fontana, um, he just stayed in the truck, and we had a Uber guy brought us some food. And I thought, well, he's a really nice guy and everything. So I called him back and I said, would you be interested in being my Uber sightseer? And so he picked me up on Sunday morning and we Ubered around Los Angeles seeing stuff. It was great because, you know, I was there. And, I mean, it's like all these things that I saw and all these trips that I did and the people that I visited, you'd never be able to take that many vacations in a lifetime or be able to afford it, you know. But if you're in some place, like I had this friend we delivered down in Evansville, Indiana, and I had a friend who was just a, about an hour north of there, and she had been my mom's pen pal for 42 years, and when my mom died, I started being her pen pal, so I was going to get to meet Donna, and got to meet her and her husband, and that's actually been since Indiana, which is um, Red Skelton, if anybody knows who he is, Red Skelton's hometown, and he has this big um, theater built there, right where Ray had grandparents used to have a house, and so he grew up right there, so he's really proud to show us all of this. Yeah, and then bless his heart. Hang on. I just wanted to share this with you where you're talking about meeting things and stuff. Oh, this is so cool. This happened on July 4th. Uh, Carol and I were in the truck. Carol was my uh, my passenger, my passenger, just like, you know, you were, Rose, with, with uh, Jordan. And I'll never forget uh-huh. it. We went, we went and saw the Devil's Tower this particular day. Yes. And we left the Devil's Tower, and we ended up in Belfouche. And we're going, oh, what's going on over there? It looks like they're filming a movie, right? And, and uh, it was so hilarious. Uh, you know, we, we parked, and we just kind of walked up, and there's Richard Roundtree, the original chef, right? And um, I uh, said, whoa, let's say hi to Richard. And, and Carol there's no way we're going to meet him, right? And um, he was filming this movie, and, uh, yeah, we've got pictures of Richard with Carol and, and, and the guy, and he was the nicest guy. Um, it was just the craziest thing that could happen. He let us sit in his director chair and everything because he was directing this movie, plus he was starring in it. It was just great, and it's just something you would never expect, you know, from someone at that time of his stature, right? You know, he was a little bit on the downline of his career, but still the fact that he, he you know he reached out to someone you know in, like us truck drivers at the time and it was really cool it was really cool um so that was something i just wanted to share with you because that was really and then carol's sister phone and she i'll never forget the conversation oh we're just sitting here with richard roundtree uh you know and, and <laughs> richard roundtree from chat oh yeah yeah he's filming a movie <laughs> after we get done never know who you're going to meet on the road <laughs> No, you don't. You don't. Um, I, and I think, uh, Jay, you probably met some, some famous uh, celebrities on the way. And Janet, did you as well? Or no, I, I, nev- I never really did. No? Nope. Nobody? No, not really. How about you, Jay? Yeah, I met Kurt Russell. 
while they were filming uh, 3,000 miles of race line. I was now that's shocking cool. tra- I was shocking trailers. Um, uh, one of the scenes that they shoot, they come off of an over they come off of an overpass and go underneath this kind of little tunnel like thing, and you see this massive parking lot. Well, that's basically the back part of the P and E, and they drive down in that well, kind of off camera. There was a whole bunch of reefers and uh, containers, stuff like that, for the for the studio people. And we just were just shuffling them around all day. That's all I did. And he came over and started talking to all us drivers. That is cool. So that was that was that was really cool. Yeah. Well, that's the beauty of truck driving. You get to see things and you get to meet people you never would have thought possible. Uh, I know when I had the typical trucking thing going, I was actually going out of my way to meet people on the Pitbull trucking site, and um, they were kind of looking at that as quite special, because I would always bring them a rock, I was painting rocks for the longest time, and um, I would always bring them the rock, and, and they would take pictures, and a lot of those people have become my closest friend. Rose has got a ton of rocks. Do you not, Rose? <laughs> Curtis, hey, we found, Logan found a rock at a store today. I was, like, so jealous. And he goes, well, you can have it, Mom. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how we, and that, that's how we first met was because I saw your site back when Bandit was having his little head problem, his little medication problem and stuff, and I was following that. And then we just would chit-chat back and forth, and then you worked, you used to come through Billings quite a bit. And it was Christmas Eve was the first time we met. And it was like 44 degrees. And we drove down like 11 o'clock at night to see you at the truck stop. And um, you brought that amazing That was a couple years years ago. Yeah, I make him pumpkin bread and bring him food when he comes through town. Yes, I do. (laughs) And and Rose has has profited somewhat from uh, my rocks. And she's gotten some uh, banded gear as well. And um, yep. Logan's always there. Logan's kind of like my big little brother because the kid's taller than me, and he's built like a brick shit house. And and uh, like uh, he's a great kid, and uh, he just loves Bandit. And we always said, "Well, Rose, one day we're gonna get a pit bull." She goes, "No, no way, no way, no way, <laughs> definitely not." So just about, just last Christmas, she sends me a message. You want to you want to tell us a little bit about that, Rose? Yes. Well, I had a list of 28 reasons why I do not want a dog, and I had stuck by it for like 15 years. And then, and that was actually was Labor Day, United States Labor Day, which is the first Monday in September here. And um, I don't know. My husband and Logan were talking about the kind of dogs they wanted—a Chihuahua dog, or a Dachshund, or a Basset Hound. I was like, oh no, no, no. And then somehow, magically, I ended up on the local animal shelter website and there he was Pacino and I thought oh now if I ever wanted a dog that would be the one so I showed his picture of George and he's like well let's go get him I said well the next day was Labor Day I said they're going to be closed so Tuesday he goes do you want to go get that dog and I was like well let's go look at him and I mean it's just it's just cosmic there's just something about him I don't know I said Hank well I renamed him Hank because who wants the Pacino isn't going to work for me right. I said Hank everything I never knew I ever wanted <laughs> He just filled a hole in my soul that I didn't even know was empty. He's just the best dog, the coolest dog. So, yeah. And then he turned our house over to dog glitter, and I mean, that's what I we call that dog glitter. Cool. I think that is so cool. And Janet also has yeah. a dog that I just absolutely adore. 
uh, Ramsey. You want to tell our freaks about Ramsey? He is truck dog number three over all the years that I've been in the truck. And he is probably the goofiest one out of them all. He will sing to cows. He does his howl. He sings to Happy Birthday. He sings to um, the other song. But he, he can sing on command now. <laughs> yeah, this he's, is so adorable. he's quite a character. And he's just a big suck. Like 110 pounds of suck. <laughs> I used pure, to... Pure Roddy. Pure Roddy. Yeah, right? pure, pure Red Roddy. Comes from Iowa. Uh, from a great uh, breeder out in Iowa. And uh, he's now, I think. I, I kind of get lost because I've got three dogs now. <laughs> Trying to remember when they were all born. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> and I, right. think, I think he just turned six. Right. And, and I turned Jay into a pit bull lover as well. Uh, that's how Jay and I met. He, uh, he has Zephyr, uh, which is uh, his absolute, well, that's, that's, that's uh, his bird daughter. Right, Jay? You bet. And yeah. he lost his mind when he didn't have Zephyr on the truck. He oh, I did. lost his yeah. mind. Yeah, once you get used to having a dog in the truck, it's it's like yeah, something's yeah, yeah, missing. You know, it's like something's missing well, yeah, when they're not there. For some reason, I couldn't handle living without the snow and the and the farting and you know the <laughs> hogging of the bed and what could be like that? Yeah, my second tr my second truck dog actually could tell when I was getting tired before I could. And he would nudge me and lick me until I stopped. I got to um, say, hey, go ahead, Jay. Zephyr. What Zephyr? She knows when I stop for the night. Yeah. She just knows. I don't know how she knows, but she knows. And I'll pull on the brakes, and she's off the ch off of her throne, like I got the, the passenger seat made up for her, on the floor, and she's at my feet the whole time. Like, okay, let's yeah. go inside place. Yeah. And uh, yeah. sometimes she'll... She'll bring her squeaky, right? and uh, I do my walk around, and she comes with me, and I rough her up, and I let her do her business and that kind of stuff, and then I take her back to the truck, and she is in that bed under the covers, head on the pillow, before I can get in. And do you want to share with everybody how you actually risked your life saving your dog in Florida, you freaking idiot? <laughs> And I finally grab her, 
and I'm sloshing out, and these people are running out of the out of the truck stop, yelling at me, telling yeah. me to get out of the water. I guess they figured I was like some brain dead tourist, right? And I get Zephyr out, and I I reek like swamp water. Yeah, she reeks like swamp water. This woman's like chewing me a new one. Um, and I was trying to explain to her that I wasn't supposed to happen. So I had to go in and get bottled water and wash her in the parking lot, like jugs of bottled, bottled water to get her a bath. You are so lucky. Oh, well, because I know what I know about Florida. You know, when the ditches and everything, oh, don't go near them. You don't know what the hell's in it because, you know, storms, they shake. The truck gods were with you that day. They were oh, no doubt about oh man, oh man, like that. Through the minutes was in the water was probably felt like about a, an hour trying to get her. She was having a great old time. Love that. I'm surprised it didn't end up on YouTube. No kidding. Check out, check no out kidding. the stupid tourist. Just a Canadian, man. Super <laughs> <laughs> Canadian. Hey. Oh, man. How about you, oh, Sherry? Do you have any no. great stories about Titan and Bella you can share? Oh, I don't know if they're that great. Um, they're pretty calm because they are older. Uh, Titan had a moment in, like Jay, in Florida, only he decided he was going to roll in the long grass in Lake Wales. And uh, it was like 1 in the morning, and we used to pack the wet wipes to get the snow off of him. He's got an infatuation with rolling in grass and creeping in the grass. He's done that at rest area. We actually had a gentleman at a rest area drive into the curb watching him because he really looks like there's something badly wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> and Bella, she's, she has, we adopted her here in Saskatchewan, actually in Saskatoon, but she came from California. She was San Bernardino, California. She was a rescue. And she loves the snow. So one of the first trips out with her, Bubba had her in the truck by himself. I was back, I was still working out in Alberta at the time, and there was an accident by Yonk, D.C., and he was talking with another driver from the same company, and that was when we were doing reefer. And they were talking about the side of the road, and all of a sudden Bella jumped over the railing and disappeared into the snow. The other driver had a total meltdown. It's like, where'd she go? And he's like, she told her she like, well, she's at the end of it somewhere. <laughs> I guess a minute later, she came digging out of the snow and got out and shook off. And in true Bella fashion, a couple minutes later, she jumped back in again. So, yeah, they, they definitely keep your day interesting. Oh, yeah. Great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did I ever tell you about the donut? The what? The donut. The donut. No. The re- oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Debbie's restaurant. Well, yeah. well Deb was, okay, Deb's, Deb's, she closes from two to three, okay? And Deb lets, you know, Zephyr run them up. Deb loves Zephyr. Well, nobody was really paying too much to, uh, attention to uh, to Zephyr because we were talking, right? Well, I look over, and here's Garbage Gut with her head in the donut. She's down on all the donuts. And she had whipped cream and, like, pow- like powdered donut stuff on her, all over her, all over her head. She ate. She probably ate. A good uh, eight, eight. She got cream filled. She got jelly filled. She got. <laughs> she just. Oh yeah. Like every time she comes, uh, we lock the place up. If it's at her level, if you, if it's at her level, man, she'll get it. Yeah. Well, see, Bandit, 
Dan has got this now down to a science. Last month, he has figured out how to get free wieners uh, off the rack from the pilot people, the flying team people, and he is an expert at it. And I swear to God, he's got a routine. He goes in there, and it goes like, okay, like smell the wieners, and then all of a sudden he'll jump up on the counter, right, and just suck up to them. And they all buy into it, right? They go, oh, look at him. He looks like he could use a treat. And then, and, and then I'll go, yeah, he really likes wieners. Because, you know, we play together on it, right? And, uh, oh, can, can I give him a wiener? It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So then he goes over there and she goes, oh, it's too hot. It's really too hot. I said, well, you know, he likes them cold too. So then he literally gets them to go to the sink and cool down the damn wiener. Right? And then they literally, then as they go up to him, they go, okay, can I feed him? And I go, oh, yeah, he'll sit pretty. And he's got it down to a sign. I go, okay, man, sit. And he just sits, and he just eats the wiener. And he has gotten probably easily a dozen wieners in the last month with this same routine. When, he have, when he's got his winter boots on, he sucks them right in. Like, he's got the boots on, and he's got the hoodie, and he's got the little, you know, the little hood on top of the hoodie. And they go, oh, it's so cute. I got to give him a wiener. I go, well, yeah, he might like one of those. So we do it together, and um, it's pretty funny. But he, he is he is such, there's never a dull day with Bandit. Every day that he just does something goofy. Um, and, I mean, I can go into so many things. He, too, rolled around on, on dog shit uh, one day. And his nice, wonderful white coat became all brown and, and, and uh, you know, stinky. And I will not let Bandit in my truck with that. Or if he's got wet paws and dirty paws, he'll jump up on the truck. I'll help him. And I help him jump down because, of course, and, and by the way, for all the freaks out there that do have animals, I do want to say this. Don't let your jo dog just jump down off the truck. They will destroy their hips and their legs. So and let him down. Elbows. Absolutely. You let him down with the leash so he doesn't have the impact. And I always let him jump up, but when he jumps up, I kind of help him up with the leash. So he, he still gets to clear the step, but he feels like he's still jumping and getting his exercise, right? Another thing that people don't do that just pisses me off, and Jay knows that this really hurts me, is nobody dresses their dogs. They don't put boots on them. They don't put hoodies on them. They just think that, oh, it's minus 40 below, and my dog can go out there with their paws. Wrong. Very wrong. Uh, I know Sherry, I know you guys put boots on your dogs. Oh, uh, try and do eight people outside for two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's a bit of a bitch. It is, absolutely. But um, but I know Rose, you just started co putting clothing on Hank too recently, right? Yeah, he wore, he has a he has a hoodie. Right now he has a black hoodie with um, shiny red hearts on it since it's February. And he has a bomber a jacket, and then he has... Yeah. It's a big business, and I'm, I'm happy to say, and Will is in the process of doing this, uh, we are going to have a site within the next two weeks, Will? That yeah. what you estimate? Yeah, we're just uh, currently waiting on approval for a couple companies right now. Yeah, so truckershouse.ca 
will become a reality in the next two weeks. So we're really excited about that. We're going to have all kinds of things, including something that when you lose your dog, everybody finds it really hard to find is pet memorials. So we're going to have pet memorial products as well. So we are working on that as well. So I just wanted to interject. Um, any more funny stories, uh, ladies, from the truck? Well, I, I, or? I got something to say about trusting your dog. Sure. I would, I would, I would, I would love to, to watch, watch you dress supper. <laughs> I, 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 I would, I, I would pay money. No, but I, I didn't you pay that. Did she sit still at least or no? No, I would rather. Stella? I would, I would rather walk in a UFC match. <laughs> That's like putting the harness on Bella. It's like you get ready to leave the house to go to work, and as soon as she hears that harness, she can be anywhere in the house. As soon as she, I, I don't know how she knows it, but she hears it, and it's it's like a yeah, it's kind of like fighting a bear trying to get the harness on her, or to get her out of the truck even. It's like she's almost pushed us off the steps, and our, like our two are trained, they will not go out the driver's side door. They only go out the passenger side door. But holy cow, <laughs> sounds like I, I must be like John Graham's going. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, you do. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, but Bennett, I must be lucky because he just gets it. He just, you know, I put the boots on and he does fight me once in a while, but once he gets them on, he just, he's Mr. Dance all over the place. Um, and he loves having hoodies. He's a big hoodie guy. Um, and he, I don't know, he's, he's just a very special dog. He's probably the most amazing dog on, on boots that I've, I've ever seen. He just is a natural. And, um. I'm just one of the lucky ones, I guess. What about Hank? Does he put on boots at all, Rose? Um, no, I, I I haven't really gotten any. We don't really. I mean, we take him like when we go run errands and stuff, but he's basically to the car, to the store. He's like zip zip. Um, because I, the dog was born and bred in Montana. I mean, he's six years old, so and we just got him, so he's had a life of snow in Montana. But when we, the first snow that we had, I don't know. He he just freaked out and he. It took a couple days, and we realized he hasn't gone to number two. And then he's, like, crying, and he's being weird and climbing all over me and just being completely different. And, we're, and then he started, and then he threw up a couple times, and we're like, oh, no, you know. And um, so anyway, of course, then we make a vet appointment, and an hour before the vet appointment, the big moment happens out there finally. And so now we keep a really close eye on him. When it snows, it's like, no, you you've got to go out there and get your business taken care of. <laughs> he literally tiptoes. He does not, he, he can like skirt around the snow. He does not like it to touch his feet at all. He's the biggest snow wimp for a dog that was born in Montana. So I don't know. Titan is, I got him, he came from Red Deer, Alberta. He winter, he doesn't do well with cold, he doesn't like the snow. And then Bella that came from California is a snow dog. No Go figure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ramsey's right. So with that, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we'll talk more about to the ladies, about uh, what they go through on a, a daily basis, uh, especially Sherry, and uh, we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back, and uh, I understand, Will, you have a really interesting story that you care to share. I used to, uh, I used to go with, my mom, uh, well, I used to work with her long haul and, like, chains of boomers and stuff. And
we uh, we had one dog with us. She was pregnant, and we weren't sure we were going to get back to Calgary on time to, for her to get birth. And, you know, my mom ended up sensing it, right? And I don't know. She ended up, I think we drove, uh, she gave birth uh, in the truck to, I, I can't remember how, uh, how big the litter was. It was like 10 or, or something like that. We had a couple, uh, obviously, that didn't make it, but, oh, my God, bro, we, we like, we, we had to drive for another, like, three or four hours. I can't remember how long it was, but it was way too long. If you ever smelt the smell of birth, you would understand how, how painful a four-hour ride with, with all of that is. Like, it, it, it's just disgusting. I will never get that smell out of my head. We, we like we we have to do what we have to do, right? So like, I, as my mom was driving back to Calgary, I was like, <laughs> uh, I, I was like helping um, our dog. I, I believe her name was Maddie at the time. I was yeah. I, I was helping that dog give birth in the back while my mom drove. And man, I tell you, like, I mean, I, I'm not too queasy. Like, I can handle birth. I can handle all that other stuff. I don't care. But it's a smell. That that did it for me. I I, I I swore up and down I would never go back in that truck, and I I don't think I, I went back after that. No, you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that was yeah. Uh, that, that that was a really I don't know. It was a learning experience in my life for sure. Well, that particular trip, and I'll elaborate on it a little bit. Um, we we were down in Chicago. I had just done a five pick going up to Calgary and Edmonton and uh, doing slap beds. So there was tarping involved, and Will was there to help me with the tarping and that. And we were at, uh, I believe it was the Petro in Monet, Illinois, just south of Chicago. And he was still a little naive on um, the colors, <laughs> what you wear. And we actually, he was... We were approached by one of the ladies, one of the cashiers. Yeah, that's right. I almost got shot down there. I almost got killed. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. He was wearing bright red from head to toe. <laughs> and shoot me, shoot me. Well, there was, because it was the bloods and the crypts down there, right? Bloods are red and crypts are blue. And he was wearing bright red and this happened to be a crypt. Oh, no. So, yeah, and one of the one of the head guys of the gang was in the store at the time when Will and I were, and Will was 15-ish. Yeah, I was young. 14, 15-ish when he was helping me out, and yeah, she, she came over and she goes, is he, is he a blood? I said, no, 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 we're Canadian, no, 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 no. <laughs> So, but at that time we had we had three dogs in the truck. Will was in the truck with me, and then it was myself. And one of the dogs was pregnant, and she was acting a little odd. And I knew she was due. That was one of the reasons she was with us, is because I knew she was due within a couple of weeks, right? So I thought she was acting kind of a little weird. So the the cashier gave us a whole bunch of plastic bags to cover things with and, and newsprint and stuff. So we had like a stack of newspapers in the truck. So when she went into labor, Will got the my bed already all covered in plastic and newsprint so it didn't go all over the place, luckily. But yeah, he was 
too. She started having the pups in Redcliffe, Alberta, which is only like two and a half, three hours from Calgary. And we were headed to Calgary so I could drop him and the dogs off. And we were going to hit. I had to go up to Edmonton after that. But, yeah, so we stopped in Redcliffe. She had most of the pups. And I said, I've, I've got to keep going. Like, we've got to get home. <laughs> i got to get these pups home. So, yeah, he, he delivered them all in the back of the truck while I was driving. He did a really good job. <laughs> Yeah, might I add that that gas station that uh, warned me about wearing colors actually got robbed literally five minutes after warning me and yep. at gunpoint. It wasn't just one dude. It was a gang of them, and, and they, yeah. were, they were not playing, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we got really, really lucky. Yeah. How did you get into trucking? Well... I started, uh, like I, my mom always told me, um, get an education, get a real job, right? So big on education, so I had been going through, um, I mean, I was a single mom when t well, was 10 months old. So I was doing all of this as a single parent, right? So I was going through school, and I tried engineering, and I tried um, accounting and computers, and the computer thing actually came in later, but the accounting and the business management and the engineering, I knew it kind of really wasn't what I wanted to do. All my life, you know, even as a kid, going out camping to see the trucks, I was just fascinated by them. And there's absolutely no truck drivers in my, in my family on either side. So it was just the fascination of the big trucks from being a little kid on. So I finally realized that getting an education wasn't for me. It was just not what I wanted to do at that time, anymore. and I had to I had to support my kid, right? Because then be dad the whole bit, you know. There was nothing there but me and my mom. I have to give my mom a lot of credit, God rest her soul, because she helped me raise Will while I was driving. But when I got my license, I did the forty a forty hour course, you know, passed second time around, and. When I went to go looking for work, I had no issues with my license, clean license. Age, I was over the age of 25, so there were no insurance restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. But they were hiring the 18-year-old guys out of the school, and I kept getting told, no, we can't take you on as a company driver. So uh, most of the companies I talked to said, get a truck and we'll hire you. So that's exactly what I did. Um, I got my license in 1992, and after probably about three months of looking for work, I finally said, no, that's it. Um, talked it over with my mom, and she helped me finance my first truck. Now, my first truck in 1992 was a 77 Kenworth cab over. Um, the air conditioning never worked in that thing. It didn't have a jank brake. The engine, oil engine retarder brake that was in the truck never worked. So I learned how to drive through the mountain and on ice and everything else without jakes, without anything, right? So we're talking super old school here. So, but that was the way I got into the industry because nobody would hire me because I was female and no experience. And that was the way I had to go about it. Did you get an comments about being uh, a female? Actually, back then, a lot of it was, we'd love to hire you if you had experience. 
They were all for hiring women. There were a few that were, you know, the guys were old school. No, no, women, no, no, no. And because I always preferred the flatbed. I've never done, in all my years of working, I've never really done the traditional, quote-unquote, female roles, right? It's always been in the male-dominated industries. And because I like a challenge and I wanted to stay fit, I went with flatbed. So right. the first month I drove this truck, and keep in mind, the truck had the original seat in the truck, which didn't hold air <laughs> very well. So by the end of the first month, I had dropped literally 30 pounds just from bouncing in that seat. So, But, I, I mean, I've always... Uh, most of my work was done in flatbed, and anytime I drove, with a few exceptions, um, I've always been an owner-op. I've done the company thing a little bit here and there, and most recently the last four and a half years, but all in all, it's always been flatbed and always been owner-op. And then you met me. Yes, and then I met you at the job I'm, like, the company I'm with now. Yes. <laughs> share that story? Yeah, we met Loading Meat. We were going to the exact same location. And you left there that night, and I had to wait the next till the next day for my, my load. And we're driving along, and I know there was a storm, and you ended up going the long way around because you wanted to go, um, or was it the long way around? Did I? No, you went the long way around. I took the shortcut because of the storm. And you ended up going right into the storm, even though you were trying to avoid it. You wanted to stay on the big road. So I ended up being there almost 24 hours ahead of you, same location. <laughs> but that's how you and I met. Yeah. Well, sounds like me. Yes. But you're, you're, more, you're more of a tourist when you drive, and I'm more of a get in, get the job done, and get, get to the next. Right? You definitely were. You definitely yeah. were. Yeah, and nobody could play a mean game of, of geography like you <laughs> We We played that game so long for so long. We're talking, yeah. we're not talking 10 miles. We're talking hundreds of miles. Cause, yeah. I, I could beat everybody. Uh, then I, I met my match. And, <laughs> and we, we played that geography game for just hours on end. And yeah. I finally won. <laughs> yes, you did, finally. <laughs> That's right. You still, still, still kicked your butt on that, for sure. So, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. any other stories, uh, Rose, that you want to care to share? Yes, I love trucking. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a great life, and, yeah. But yeah, you do meet some of the greatest people. You really do. You do, <laughs> and you also run into some of the strangest ones. <laughs> the weirdest. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and you, you see things that bump in the night, too. Yeah, see, and, and when I drove, I drove as a single driver almost my whole career, right? So one of the most common things I would come across is getting up to a shipper and then saying, go get your husband, I won't deal with you. And I always drove with a, tr a dog in my truck. So I came into one place, um, and the, the receiver says, go get your husband, I don't want to talk to you. I said, you go get him. And they sat back and they started to laugh as he walked up to my truck. And uh, the drivers around me are going, what are you laughing at? I said, just wait. <laughs> Dog always, she always stayed in the in the bunk. And he come up, he climbed up on the truck, knocked on the window. She come flying at the window. He landed <clears throat> over tea kettle on the ground. <laughs> and I'm 
cracking up. The drivers around me are cracking up. He comes back up to me kind of, you know, little, little sheepishly and goes, okay, I'll deal with you. <laughs> you know, I had a lot of that. Or a lot of, why don't you get your husband to tie down your load? How about you, Sherry? Have you had any discrimination at all, you know, for what you do being a female driver? Not really, because hey, they're going to discriminate against me. They're going to have to go through him, and you know he's a big bald guy, so they just kind of leave us alone. <laughs> well, it's intimidating. He definitely. <laughs> I do find too that the women that drive with with a partner, be it a male or female partner, don't get the same. I want to say harassment, but that's not even the right term. But the same flack as a single female driver. Right. Um, I used to get pulled into the scales more often because they'd see a female behind the wheel with a load of pipe. Oh, we got to pull her in and make sure it's tied down correctly. Well, I was always of the mind more is better, and I always made sure that my pipe never moved. You know, um, I had one load. I remember I had to slam on the brakes and thank God for headache drops, but it meant that I had to pull into the truck stop that was just around the corner unhook from the trailer and have them take a forklift and push the pipe all the way back. So, yeah, it, I mean, I know the reason for headache drops <laughs> because otherwise it would have been through the cab. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But, yeah, I, and, too, as a single female driver, especially in the earlier years, not so much in the later years, but in the earlier years, you know, when I was younger, fitter, better looking, um, proposition me. Men would proposition me. Like for money or sex? Uh, sex for money. Yeah. Gotcha. Back when I started driving, I was talking to a couple of people, and I said to them, I said, you know, why is it that these guys are great? And one of the ladies said to me, she said flat out, she said, because there are females out here that supplement their income. And I went, ooh. <laughs> because I I mean I am one of I'll be the first to admit sometimes I open my mouth before my brain catches up and I come up with okay on occasion some really smart comment and you know sometimes it just got me in a little bit of trouble but yeah I just, and then of course too you get the other end of the spectrum where you get male drivers that are like wow, she's pulling a deck, right? And you, you get guys that are, like, impressed with the fact that you're doing that by yourself, right? So, but most of it was, it got, you got a lot, I got a lot of propositioning. It was just, oh, disgusting. And that's probably oh, one sure. of the reasons in my later years I don't spend a lot of time in truck stops for that reason. Right, right. Do you have any issues, Rose? I, I think actually, I'm, I'm like, no, I... When I drove by myself back in the 80s, I just can't even say how nice guys were, and they just were very helpful, and I always loved it when, you know, you'd, you'd go around, and then you'd, um, of course, that was back when CDs were heavily yeah. used, and, you know, I, I, you turn back over in the lane, and then you give them the lights, and they'd say, uh... Hold on, we got to interject about uh, Did you have a CB handle? Sweet roll. Yeah, right. and I had right. I had one. I had You're one that's like mine was Midnight Angel, but then I was running up on 
I-69 there in Michigan, and I can't remember what city it was I went by, and there was um, a lady of the night that had that handle that was in that handle. And after that, I stopped using that handle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. So what did you change it to? I, I basically just, I didn't even have a handle after that. Uh, I, I know my handle when I first started 28 years ago was pack rat. That was my handle. So, because uh, I just had so much shit in my truck, and I still do to this very day. I was going to say, if, you, if you've seen Brian's truck, you know where that name comes from. Well, yeah, I was kind of thinking the same thing. He has helped me unload many a truck. And, what, about, uh, what about you, Sherry? Did you have a handle? Nope. You know, it's really, you don't hear a lot of talk on them. No, now it's, more, no. now it's a real bitch tool, isn't it? Really. Well, oh, as, soon as, as soon as the cell phones came into effect and became affordable enough for drivers to use, the CD went by way of dinosaur. It People did. don't use it as, as, as often or as it should be used. You still have one, Cherry, don't you? Oh, yeah, we... It's always, we do have one, it's always on, and we're actually going to have a VHF here very shortly, so we'll have the out. So you actually use it? No, it's on. As long as that truck is moving, the CD is on, and some areas you hear more. We, we used it last week with uh, another gentleman. His truck was freezing up, actually, and they talked back and forth all the way to, oh, I can't even remember when the heck we pulled in, Plankton, uh, because he was oh, worried yeah. he wasn't going to make it. And surprisingly, another guy came on, and he offered, he'd, heard, he'd been just sitting listening. And when we pulled in, he asked if the guy needed a fuel filter because they'd been discussing the fact that he had a cat motor in his. And this guy says, I have extra fuel filters if you need one. So, so they are you still, do you still think it's, is there that old-time camaraderie on the CD, or do you, you've noticed a difference? I, a lot of times, I think it's just a lot of it is total crap you hear, but occasionally you come across a conversation that should naturally find humor in and stuff, so. Yeah, right. yeah it's a far cry from when I started driving in 92. Like, I noticed the difference as soon as the cell phones became affordable and more people had them, that the CD wasn't used the way it used to be used, right? It, it, it wasn't. Well, you had your own now, Yeah, you did. And let me, you literally, everything well, you said was, was, you know, double nickels and, oh, look at that seat cover. And, I mean, I remember I was actually reading a book when I was a teenager because uh, that's when we first discovered CBs. We had a CB in, in, in Dad's pickup. And um, it was kind of funny because, you know, the whole family had handles. You know, they, my dad was big cheese and my mom was, uh, I think she was... Uh, Little Mouse, and, and then I was Pack Rat. It was all centered around mice for some stupid reason. <laughs> I don't know why, but, uh, yeah, there was literally families that were next door, and they had a CD, and they all had freaking handles. Do you remember that, Jake? Oh, yeah. I remember it. It all started with Smokey and the Bandit. Yes. Yes, it did. The, the, the CD craze. Um, everybody went to Radio Shack. Yes. Right. <laughs> so um, we'll talk a little more about CBs because that, that definitely is worth talking about. And we'll be back right after this.
Okay, so resuming what the CB uh, talk here, what were you saying, Jay? Well, it all, like I said, it all started with, uh, you know, Smokey and the Bandit and uh, Radio Shack. I can't remember. We had a, we had a base, mm-hmm. like a base. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. We, we had, we had, we had an aerial on the house. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we could pick up um, <laughs> satellites. <laughs> um, UFOs. My, 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 my first, uh, well, my, my neighbor asked my dad one day, uh, he asked me if he could talk to God on it. This is huge. <laughs> and uh, I never really got anything. I mean, I, I did and I did. Um, how, about, how about the crazy whips on the trucks? How, how, oh, how big those things were? Oh, yeah. Oh, some of them were 10 feet, 20 feet long, man. Yeah. They were ridiculous. We actually had a grounded pilot car pass us a couple days ago with a big long whip on the trunk. And it has to be tied or something, right? Well, what they would do is some of the old school guys, they would put it where the where the, the hood ornament is. Yeah. And, and they would bend it over the roof of the car and attach it to the trunk. Or if they're running a pickup, they'd run it from the front corner of the pickup bed across to the back corner. What was yeah. the reason for this, uh, these long-ass whips? What was what was the mentality? Better reception. Yeah, better, distance. Better yeah. Yeah. So the, the longer the whip, the better the distance? Yeah. That's what they claimed. There was, a, there was a difference because I had uh, various lengths of whips during my younger years because I got into the CBs back when I was in my, I don't know, maybe 11, 12, 13-ish. And back then, I mean, I had a mobile CB. I had a car battery in my room and I had an antenna stuck on the top of the roof, you know. But I know one of my exes, he had, a, I can't remember if it was 50 or 70 feet tower. He had to actually put lights on because I think at every 25, you have to have a light and a specific color of light. Or, well, for aircraft, right? It, yeah, it's mandatory. So he had to have um, lights going up the, up the tower. But I, I remember. But where he lived, where, where he lived, and he was on the further southwest corner of Calgary at the time, like out by where Sarcy Trail and Highway 8 meet out that area. And he could right. he could talk to anybody across the city. I, I remember I remember that Radio Shack had this uh, album. It was an LP. It was it was all these CB songs. And I'll never forget this one song it was Hey Shirley, this is Squirrely. And <laughs> like just the craziest songs. And then there was Red Soul Vine. With yes. Teddy Bear. Oh, everybody yes. remembers that one. You oh, know, yes. uh, where all, all the truckers took turn to give, you know, the, the, the handicapped kid, uh, you know, rides in the truck. Yeah. You did that you know that the party suited up? No. Yeah. Isn't it Gideon Goers? Isn't it Gideon Goers? Part two to Teddy Bear is Jackson Street 3 or 229 or whatever the heck it was. And it's by Joey Holiday, I believe it is. Yeah, what happens? There was. What happens? Uh, he's in. Adults and he's he's dying and he wants to ride back to Jackson Street where he grew up. That's lovely. <laughs> oh, there's wow. lots of them. You know, big, there was there was Big Joe and Phantom 309. And yes. Oh yeah, Phantom 309 was, was uh 
I was a good everybody in their everybody in their dog named their truck Phantom three oh nine for like a hundred years after that. Yep. Um and then and then the truck Oh, there was just so many. Oh the truck you know. What was the oh. what the one with A C D C who made who uh oh it was uh Stephen King's Oh back at the old guy drive. Yeah. That was a crazy ass truck cool. with Oh is that the one with yeah, that's the one with the clown on it, isn't it? Yeah. Unless you drive an electric car, electric car, 
still on Halloween. It's always funny, but I just didn't care for it. But I, I was just, you know, I was pretty young too. I was pretty young when it came out. I think I was like. And then I remember then they had the they had the Canadian the RCMP. They were they were, you know that was. Uh, remember, and the guy was the guy beside him was kind of flamboyant. They were kind of they were kind of they were kind of painting the picture as Canadians. <laughs> RCMP with flamboyant partners. So yeah, that was a that was definitely some interesting moments. Did so, you know? Well, did you know that that car from Smokey and the Bandit sold for nearly five hundred thousand dollars? The original. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was sweet ride. So and then I know Burt Reynolds. He was involved with it, bringing the the, the uh, Trans Am back, the Smokey and Bandit uh, edition. And um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know yeah, if they. Well, they I don't know if they made, uh, like, I don't think a lot of people were buying them at that time because, well, they were gas guzzlers, let's face it, they were, they, I mean, they were built for speed, right? Yeah, but so, yeah, you're not buying them to be, back then, you're buying them to be cool. And back right. then, they didn't, they didn't worry as much about the cost of that because gas next to nothing, man. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. It was cheap back then. Ten cents a gallon. Yeah. At, at least, so... Okay, so as we're almost about to wrap it up, anybody want to add anything? Um, we got off a little bit of tangent talking about trucking movies. I could think of way more trucking movies, but uh, we'll do that at another time. Anybody, anything to add? I know that my second truck dog got fed a steak <laughs> because some guys wanted to play a prank on, uh, they were Mayflower movers, right? and they had gone and tied one on the night before, and my dog was fed the steak that the one guy who was too drunk to, too drunk to eat it, you know, and apparently this guy was terrified of dogs. Now, my second truck dog was a Rottweiler, and, you know, I mean, very friendly like all of them were. Yeah, the guy was out there, he was all hung over and everything, and my dog just goes well, and up to him, starts giving him kisses, and these buddies go, see, you fed him, you had fed him, you're <laughs> How about you, Sherry? Anything to add? No, I don't think I've really got anything else to add. Nothing at all? No, not really. You can tell everybody you're engaged. We are engaged, yes. We are getting married gradually. October 7th. So, <laughs> another reason for the push to make more money. <laughs> and you'll go from that name that I can't pronounce, your last name, to something that's really easy, Sherry Bear. Yeah. Right? Well, that's, <laughs> that is that's true. good. Because I can't pronounce your last name to save my life. So. <laughs> and you probably couldn't spell it either. <laughs> no, I have a lot of problems with that. Absolutely. So, how about you there, Ramblin' Rose? What did you think of tonight's show? It was awesome. I, I figured it'd be just like, it's like talking to you on the phone, you know, for hours like we do. <laughs> but, but that is the point of... Uh, CDs that used to be, I'll just wrap up this CD thing, um, when I was driving, you know, of course, paper logs used to be able to finagle them a little bit, you know, and if you felt really good, you could, you know, drive for 12 hours, and and uh, then you get on the CD with somebody, you know, you hook up, and you have a great conversation back and forth, um, but now people with the cell phones, um, it's like, oh, you call your wife, you call your mom, you call your friends or whatever, and you're maybe still talking for hours on the phone, but it's now on the cell phone instead of the CD with somebody you really don't know. You get to know over the CD, but 
I got to say. camaraderie that used to be out there. That's no, it, it's actually <laughs> gone downhill. That's gone. That's gone. Way downhill. Like, I mean, I, I mean, and I'll be the first to say it. If somebody is at a truck stop and, and they're parked wrong or they're doing something stupid, I will get out and I will tear them a new one. Um, I, I have zero patience for stupidity. I'm seeing at truck stops. Something is, I don't know if you're seeing, Janet, back when you're on the road, but it's really, really common now. Is if you get stuck at a truck stop on the east coast, especially after uh, six o'clock, you're not getting out of the truck stop. They they yeah. will park you everywhere, everywhere. Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter at this point anymore. East coast, west coast, doesn't matter. And most times, if you're not in that truck stop by two, three o'clock, chances are you're you know, you're, you're not getting parked. You know, so yeah, you gotta get those reserve spots nowadays. Yeah, and and that that's a whole nother story because they've taken away disabled parking in you know to make room for their reserve parking, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I know, I know for a fact, Houston did that they used to have six spots that were handicapped, and we only have one now. Absolutely, and that's, well, that's since yeah. that's since the reserve parking. You know, well, I. Here's a trick, Here, and I'm sure you know it, Janet. If you get into reserve after 4 o'clock in the morning, you're golden. They won't check yeah. you. Did you know that, I never, Yeah, you told me. I never oh, worried gosh. about it too much because as a handicapped driver, uh, not mentally but physically, <laughs> I might add, um, I can because they have taken up the handicapped spots with aid parking. Um, I can actually sit in a preferred or reserved spot without having to pay because of that. Right. Yeah. So any any disabled drivers out there that have their handicap placard that may not know that, that is for most of them, most of the truck stops, they will allow you to park for free. So, so Bright Guy, how did you get into trucking? Thanks, Ramblin' Rose. I'll tell you. Real simple. I don't like <laughs> I don't like working for people. Real simple. Um, 28 years ago, uh, I was the Schwann's man. I used to deliver food. And I drove these big tanker trucks that were like brakes trucks. And that's what got me into truck driving. I really enjoyed driving those trucks. And I went and got my, uh, you know, my truck driver's license from a trucking school like a lot of people do. And then I got hooked on it. But I had many family members in my family that were truck drivers, so it's always been around, and it was just a natural progression that I get into this business, because I really like controlling my day. I don't like people controlling my day. So to make a long story short, that's why I'm doing what I do now, because I, I enjoy the people that I associate with, and um, I just love this uh, podcast where this is a true trucking podcast. We didn't get too technical for uh, Highway Freaks out there. Um, I will mention a few things before we're done here. We got the YouTube channel. It's all established, and we are going to be on YouTube probably February the 7th, maybe the 8th, okay, depending on whoever uh, gets home first, the J or I. But we are looking at the 7th, but hopefully, uh, if not, it'll be the 8th. And Jay will also be the host that week. Uh, the following Thursday, Jay will be hosting it, and yours truly will be on days off. I haven't been home since October 28th, guys, so I think my wife wants to see me. Pretty sure she does. So if, if at the very least, I've got two dogs back home that want to see me too, Kelly and Jewel. 
other than that, um, we will have the truckerspouse.ca come up in the next couple of weeks. We are negotiating with a ban, I might add, from 1978 that might be on our show very soon. I am interviewing Ray Crone, who uh, served 10 years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. So you will be seeing that on podcast 21, 22, and 23. It'll be in a, a three-parter. So we're looking really forward to that. And um, we have a, a quite a few other guests. But uh, there might be a new introduction to the show coming real soon. Uh, maybe I'm hoping it'll be a new version of Jerry Reed's Eastbound and Down. So um, I'll keep you guys posted for that. Uh, thank you, Sherry. Thank you, Janet, and thank you, Rose. You guys really added to our podcast. And if you guys have any questions for any of these three, you can email us at highwayfreaks589 at gmail.com. Okay? We're also on Twitter and we're also on Instagram. Just Google Highway Freaks. You will find us. We're on so many different podcasts. So last but not least, we want to do some shout-outs, pylon shout-outs. Red is for women. Blue is for guys. Uh, and uh, Rainbow, uh, anybody wants to shout out saying, uh, you know, they want to thank somebody that did something wonderful for them in the last while, I want to give a shout out to the Flying Jason pilots that have been just treating Bandit like gold. They have done nothing short of amazing. They just, they love my boy, and they've been giving them free wieners. So, how about you, Rose? Any pylon shout outs you want to give out to anybody? I just want to give a pylon shout out to uh, uh my friends Amanda and Nori, who I met when we were driving truck and we stayed friends, and I hope that they're traveling safe because they are owner-operators, and well, they're out there. Cool. Janet, any pylon shout-outs? Um, just all those great drivers out there that are paying attention to what they're doing. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, Jay, pylon shout-outs. Oh, shout-out to, uh... Speak up. Shout out, to my kid. I shout out to my kid, the, uh, the uh, first drummer position. So there you go. Good for her. Congratulations. Good, good for Caitlin. Okay. Any shout out, Sherry? Everybody out there doing their jobs and staying safe. There you go. Okay. I want to give a uh, I want to give a blue and a red pylon shout out to all of the uh, men and women truck drivers that are actually doing their job and not not being part of the block the illegal blockade. I might add. Uh, and, uh, you know, just uh, drive safe. Very well said, Wing. I agree with you. Hey, those guys that are doing the blockades, that, yeah, they, 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 they released me off. But we won't get into that topic because they're not doing it for the right reasons. And they are definitely halting uh, truck drivers from their jobs. So I agree with you on that, and I'm sure Jay does as well. I think we covered everybody. And um, I would like to give a shout-out to my wife because... After three months of coming home, uh, and um, we will definitely get you to Homesteads, I promise. So there you go. And I made a promise on the podcast that so I will stick to it. So other than that, it's been an awesome show, guys, and we look forward to having you on once again uh, down the road.